If you are ever wanting to manifest some stuff in your life, this week is the time to set some stuff in motion. We have astrological events bringing the new beginnings of all new beginnings. So we're going to unpack all of that, what's going on astrologically, what it means, how to best harness it in your life, what to be on the lookout for, and ways to flow with the energy with your yoga practice. And as always, some journal prompts for this week's wild big shifts astrological happenings. So first, I'd just like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast, yoga practices for the astrological weather. We always have journal prompts at the end too, so stick around to hear those. I am your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I am a yoga teacher. I'm almost a yoga therapist. Takes a really long time to get that certification. I am almost there. And I've been teaching yoga for a long time. I've been a professional Vedic astrologer for a couple years now. I've been into it for a long time. So here we are at the first eclipses of 2023. So that's primarily what this episode will be about is the eclipse that's happening this week, but we cannot ignore all of the other stuff happening astrologically, which have been covered on recent episodes in more depth. But of course, we're going to talk about how those things factor into this week's eclipse. So first of all, the eclipse is happening on April 20th, at around 12 11 a.m eastern time so it's overnight of wednesday into thursday the 20th wednesday april 19th to thursday the 20th overnight so that's the peak as you may know that's when um the the sun so at a new moon it is a solar eclipse so basically we have solar eclipses and lunar eclipses. And this is just astronomically how it happens. Um, at a new moon, always the sun and moon are in the same sign. That's just how it works. That's when, um, when the moon is new, when it's dark from our perspective, it's dark because it's on the same side of earth as the sun. So it's not receiving any of the sun's light. The moon isn't at a new moon. And, um, for an eclipse, it just so happens that the path of the moon, so the path of the moon is not always the same path of the sun through our sky. And when they, their paths intersect, that's what forms an eclipse. And so this is just astronomically how an eclipse works. And so at a new moon lunar eclipse, or sorry, solar eclipse, the, the, the full moon is a lunar eclipse where the earth passes between, it's the earth's shadow on the moon that forms a lunar eclipse. And so the sun and the moon have to be on opposite sides of earth for that to happen. That's at a full moon. And because the sun and moon are always on opposite sides at a full moon. So I hope this helps. Like, I hope I'm not just rambling in something that um, doesn't seem to matter to you. I, I always like to bring up astronomically what's happening because for me, that helps me understand what the eclipse means because we want to factor in astronomically what's happening to, to understand the meaning and how any of these astrological events apply to our life. We want to understand astronomically what's happening and then the astrological myths and stories and meanings that we make around these um, planetary bodies and events. So we'll get into all of that. That's I like to over explain it because that's what helps me personally understand it in a way that's embodied and meaningful for my life. So that's why I made this podcast because I, I felt like there needed to be more of that in the world. Anyway, so this is a 
solar eclipse, which means in an astronomical sense, the moon is blocking out the sun from our perspective on earth. So in an astrological sense, let's think about what that means because in astrology, in Vedic astrology at least, um, which I usually mean to mention this before now, this is a Vedic astrology podcast. A lot of yoga teachers, whatever, use Western astrology, but here we use Vedic, which means it's the sidereal zodiac, which means this eclipse is in Aries, which actually I think every once in a while, um, Western the, the two zodiacs, tropical that Western uses and sidereal are on the same. And I think Western astrology has this happening like in the last few degrees of Aries. I think I heard 29 degrees is where it is with the tropical zodiac. So anyway, once in a while they line up and I think this is one of those times, but they don't always. And so if you want to get your Vedic birth chart, you can get it for free on my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. It's always linked in the show notes or the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, so yeah, so you can get your chart. Anyway, happening in sidereal Aries. So in Vedic astrology, which is what I can speak to, it's what I'm trained in. I studied Western astrology for a long time before becoming trained in Vedic astrology. Anyway, um, I'm not as highly educated on Western as I am Vedic. Anyway, in Vedic astrology, the moon represents the mind and emotions and to some degree mother mother figures our relationship to nurturing being nurtured um, receiving you know receiving that nurturing taking care of our own emotions and inner well-being that's the moon right so emotions being the the driving keyword here the driving factor um, and the sun is soul it's our vitality it's how we stand out in the world so very like they're the luminaries right so um, they're kind of opposites though. One is very internal experience. One is very like external, which, and so ideally we want these things to match. We want our insides to match our outsides, um, to some degree. Right. But at an eclipse, one or the other is kind of taking precedence. One is blocking out the other. Right. So in this case, in a lunar or sorry, solar eclipse, I keep mixing that up. So this is a new moon solar eclipse, meaning the sun is being eclipsed by the moon. The sun is being sort of surpassed or blotted out by the moon. From our perspective, the moon is blocking out the sun. So in an astrological sense, what that means is we might be a little more emotionally driven, a little more internal in our experience, wanting to make our internal experience um, elevated in front of the external experience, in front of how we are putting ourselves out in the world, which can be a good thing. Like when I said we want to make our insides match our outsides, that can be a good thing. Making our, you know, not being fake, right? Making our insides match our outsides in that way or making our, I should say, outsides match our insides. But that can also be tricky when it becomes we're trying to just completely act on emotion. And so we'll get into that with this um, eclipse being in Aries. We'll get more into how this can be a time of like heightened emotions, being a little bit heated, especially around communication. We'll talk about that with all the other stuff happening at this eclipse, but just focusing on the fact that it is a solar eclipse in general. And, and this is going to, I always like to preface with like, I am completely ruled by Saturn. And so all astrologers have their own biases, their own charts, their own like whatever perspectives of why they think, why they interpret the astrology the way they do. Um, I tend to be pretty upfront about mine. Anyway, 
I'm totally ruled by Saturn. It's the final dispositor of my entire chart. Like Saturn is the most important planet in my chart. And Saturn is the planet of like discipline, motivation, showing up and doing the same thing every day, no matter how you feel. Right. And so some folks that might be more ruled by moon, they're like, yeah, tap into your emotions only, you know, um, show up based on how you feel. If you're not feeling it, like take some time to rest. And I'm the type of person that's like, how can I strengthen my ability to have that discipline even when I don't feel like it? So that's just my that's how I'm colored. That's how I show up in the world. So if you are perhaps a cancer moon or ascendant and you feel more in tune with the moon, like whatever, fine, just know that. I am of the mind that we would all benefit, and this might be the Saturn in me talking is what I'm trying to say, that we could all benefit from not being driven by our emotions. So in relation to the eclipse, emotions could be heightened. Emotions are taking a, like the the moon is blocking out the sun. We might feel called to spend more time with that internal environment. The eclipses are always good days to kind of lay low and be in spiritual practice, perhaps meditation, whatever, um, journaling, just, just being more internal with our experience just in general. But, um, yeah. So if you do get some big heated wave of emotion and get tempted to act on it, maybe don't on the day of the eclipse, there's always this, like, I feel like fear language around, don't do anything new on the eclipse or like whatever. I just, I do think that eclipses are good days for powerful downloads and it's better to be in that spiritual practice rather than out in action and doing so that you can catch those downloads as they come through and really understand them in an embodied way. So anyway, emotions are heightened in general at eclipses. It's a good time to be receptive uh, to what might be coming through and try not to be so um, impulsive, like acting on your emotions just in general. But it's a good day to be in touch with those emotions, in touch with what's coming up, with what's coming through. So let's talk about, we talked about eclipses in general. Now let's talk about this one specifically, where it's happening, what other planets are there, so we can know what's going to inform our yoga practices and journal prompts, basically. So it's happening in Aries. Rahu has been in Aries for a year. So we've had eclipses in Aries already. This is the third cycle uh, of eclipses with Rahu and K2 on this axis. Um, but it's the first one of this year, right? And it's in Aries. Our next eclipse will be in Libra in two weeks at the full moon on, I think it's May 5th is the day. Uh, we'll talk about that more in its own separate episode. But just be mindful that this axis of your chart is being activated. The focus right now is on Aries. And as we've been talking about all month on the Yogi Scopes podcast, Jupiter moves into Aries this week. We have Mercury going retrograde in Aries. The sun is already in Aries. So a note about the sun. Like I already mentioned, at eclipses, the sun and moon are always together. So that's just, I mean, at a new moon, the sun and moon are in the same sign. That's what makes a new moon. The peak of the new moon is when they exactly conjoin astrologically. When they come to the same degree of that sign, that's what makes the peak of the new moon. So the sun is exalted in Aries. But, so that means like it's a good time for, in general, like with the sun in Aries, it's a good time for that outward expression, that expression of self, expression of your soul showing up in the world. 
But at the eclipse, remember, this is getting the sun, the solar energies are getting blotted out by the moon. So for the couple days around the eclipse, it's, it's always a good time to lay low, just in general, um, if you can, to the degree that you can, right? Um, and so just keep that in mind. The sun will be in Aries for a month. It just moved there on Friday the 14th. It'll be there for another few weeks after this. So there's time, right, with the sun in Aries. It actually moves out of Aries into um, Taurus on the day that Mercury goes direct in Aries. So I cover that more, the Mercury retrograde, cover that more, um, on the April outlook and to some degree last week's episode about Jupiter because it's very important to, so Jupiter is moving into Aries the day after the eclipse kind of, and the same day that Mercury goes retrograde in Aries. So I'm just bringing all this stuff up to say like Aries energy is extremely heightened right now. And we're having this eclipse in Aries and Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. Likewise, the nakshatra, the lunar mansion where this eclipse is happening is the first nakshatra of the 27 nakshatras. So um, if you want to learn more about what nakshatras are in general, I have an article on my website. It is also always linked in the show notes of the podcast, maybe the description. I don't know. Definitely the show notes. Um, you can find out more about that. But basically, they're just a little bit more specific than signs. This beautiful tool that Vedic Astrology gives us, they have a little bit more impact in my opinion and experience on the moon specifically. So the nakshatras for new and full moons and eclipses especially are a little more impactful than they might be for other planetary movements. So we'll dive into the nakshatra in just a moment. Aries being the first sign of the zodiac. That's just so... All these planets moving into Aries, Jupiter, Mercury, the sun, having this new, uh, new moon here. A new moon is a time for new beginnings and then eclipse even more so. Jupiter starting its zodiac cycle over again. It's just all these indications of this being a huge time for new beginnings. And so you can't start new beginnings in your life without some other chapter closing, right? So just keep that in mind. Keep that in the background of your awareness. We'll explore it more, especially in the journal prompts that are at the end. But yeah, this is a time for new beginnings. And so if you think about it from a, we'll dive some more into the astrological archetype. So Aries is a fire sign, right? And basically fire, that spark is the beginning. And so we have three fire signs. We have three water signs, three earth signs, right? There's 12 signs and four elements for the signs. And so there's three of each element. And the earlier, you can think about this with the elements, the earlier ones are the more, like basically they get more distilled as they go. So Aries is like the spark of the fire. And that's all, all I feel I need to say about that. But you could dive more into that, like um, with the air signs, for example, they get more distilled. Just if you have questions, ask me, but that's not the point of this episode, right? Um, so Aries is that spark. Think like divine spark, um, the spark of a new beginning before, you know, every wildfire starts with a single spark, right? Um, so just think about that. Like what wildfire perhaps do you want to set ablaze in your life? Maybe not wildfire. Um, this morning in our moon day practice, we meditated on sort of like a candle flame within us. Like 
We want this like steady, unwavering, controlled burn. Like that's what we want to invite with this next big cycle of Jupiter cycle of our life, right? Um, but it starts with a single spark. So, um, yeah, where is that spark in your life? What new beginning are you hoping to invite? You might get some insight to, so I, I suspect you already know, like I suspect you know what change or new beginning you're hoping to invite in your life, but you could get some more insight by looking into what house Aries rules for you, which you could also listen to the end of the Jupiter episode, which is just the last podcast episode before this one. Um, I did a sign by sign so you can scroll through and find your your rising and moon sign based on your Vedic chart, which again, yogiscopes.com slash chart. To get that, if you don't know your Vedic chart, please don't look at your Western signs because it's not probably going to resonate and then you're going to be like, Vedic astrology doesn't work. And anyway, um, so Ashwini is the first nakshatra. That means it is completely encapsulated within Aries. So it shares some qualities with Aries. Um, It's very fiery, right? Like Aries. Um, The planetary ruler of Ashwini is K2. So that's important because Rahu is in Aries right now. And this eclipse is hap- so this eclipse is happening with Rahu, with the north node of the moon. Um, and Rahu signifies like insatiability, just taking in, consuming, right? Addiction to some degree, um, unpredictability. K2, on the other hand, I think it's, it's beautiful that, ec- that this eclipse is happening in a K2 ruled nakshatra because it's bringing this, um, it feels full circle to me. It's bringing this like embodied and spiritual quality, which is nice when we have all of this fiery, um, yeah, like hot headed perhaps energy with Aries going on with the eclipse. Um, and then we'll have Mercury going retrograde just shortly. I mean, we're already in the shadow period. If y'all are on my email newsletter, they're like, I don't know what happened yesterday. I'm going to probably send out another one because I don't even think it like, like the bulk of the message didn't come through because of some glitch. We're, we're already in the shadow period of Mercury retrograde. Um, so yeah, so it's already going on around Aries. And so, so things are a little bit intense perhaps. And so K2 the the nakshatra that this eclipse is happening in being ruled by K2 is bringing this like embodied quality quality to what's going on it's like bringing it down to earth just slightly perhaps which is a good thing right bringing this spiritual quality so the symbol for ashwini is a horse's head or just like i think like a stallion like this strong like male horse perhaps that somebody might ride into battle um so we so to to derive these meanings we think about the myths and the archetypes around the symbols of the astrological you know planets signs nakshatras whatever and so if you think about a horse people ride horses into battle think about like a wild horse and how they're um they have this like confident and independent and free nature to them. So that to some degree is coloring the energy of this eclipse. Um, and then so with also it being the first zodiac sign, Aries and the first nakshatra, Ashwini, um, the new beginnings, like I mentioned, new beginnings is just 
the the main theme and so think new beginnings in that every new moon is a new beginning for the next month the next lunar cycle but we have a new beginning for jupiter a new it's astrological new year um with the sun moving into aries right like we are just at we're moving into spring um kapha season into pitta season like just it's just a huge time for like explosive growth and so we want to harness that we want to bring it to our lives in a meaningful way to bring that explosive growth to something that will serve us serve our dharma because the also the aim so there's four purusharthas or four aims of life i covered that on the science of light podcast if you want to dive into episode into an episode all about those it said work a yogic perspective on work-life balance or something to that effect is the title if you want to find the episode um so dharma is the aim uh, of this nakshatra and i feel like that's fitting because jupiter is also moving here you know right after the eclipse so dharma new beginnings in terms of dharma is on the mind anyway so what is dharma but right action doing the right thing for us based on our experiences our birth chart our strengths that the world needs so Aries has a slight selfish quality to it and so does Rahu um Rahu being an Aries has this very like kind of self-serving energy which is okay to a degree like we have to look out for our own selves because to a certain degree like who else will right if we're not taking care of our own well-being Nobody else can do it for us. Your health is the only thing you can't outsource, right? Like you have to take care of yourself and your your mental health and your physical health. Yes. But what's the point of doing that if it's not to better serve the world and put something into the world that the world needs and be a part of community, right? That's this whole Rahu and K2 dynamic we have going on, we have had going on for the past year and will for the next six months. That's the main theme I could say of this eclipse is like, how are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking good care of your physical and mental health? And are you doing so just to be self-serving, just to like look good on Instagram or something? Or are you doing it because you know you pour better when your cup is full? right? And where are you pouring? What are you pouring? Are you um, making a difference? Are you serving yourself to the degree that you can empower your ability to make that difference, right? So that you don't get held back from living out your dharma because you feel like shit, right? Like that's the idea with this eclipse. So I kind of alluded to this already. Ashwini, the ruling deities are the divine twin physicians. So they're said to be the doctors for the gods are the ruling deities of this nakshatra. So it just brings an extra element of connection to physical health. And with Aries being the head and the personality, that's like the connection to mental health. So yeah. And then, so think about the horse, this like horses have this like regal sort of effect to them. Um, and they're fast. So an Aries being a fire sign, being the first sign of the Zodiac is 
this whole, all of it together, taken together, the overall energies of the eclipse is like, what ways can you bring initiative and um, deliberate but quick action rather than hastiness and assertiveness rather than aggressiveness to whatever new beginning you're hoping to bring. And so with that, be careful with whatever new beginning, like try not to start something you can't finish, right? Like with your intentions, maybe play the tape through at the time of the eclipse. Um, And so in the journal prompts, I have some considerations for you related to, you know, these things I've mentioned, like finding that balance between the wildfire and the sparks, finding that um, sattvic, like pure flame, unwavering flame. Um, So also finding the balance between this hyper independence that um, Rahu and Aries might be pushing you towards between codependence that could be the opposite end of that spectrum and finding the balance of interdependence. Like, so we'll explore some of those things in the journal prompts. So just some last considerations, whoops, for the overall energy is digestion, first of all. So this whole thing we've been talking about, this divine spark, this unwavering flame within you could also be called your Agni which is at your third chakra, your solar plexus. So we'll talk about that in the yoga practices portion. We're almost there. But also related to the third chakra and Agni and your inner flame is digestion. So you could do an Ayurvedic cleanse if you feel like you need help there with your digestion, if you feel like something's off. But just keep in mind, Rahu, this eclipse is with Rahu, which is constant consumption no digestion because Rahu doesn't have a body. It's just a head taking in all the sensory information and eating stuff, whatever. No body to digest this knowledge um, or sensory information or food, perhaps this, this material consumed. And so with Ashwini being ruled by K2, it's a good time to consider the embodiment piece. How are you digesting and assimilating the things that you are taking in, whether that's food or information or sensory input, whatever it is, consider digestion, consider your relationship with that digestion. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it non-existent, right? Like how are you integrating, right? Are you on the path of Dharma? Are you continuing to learn and continuing to do what's right? That's Jupiter being about to move to Aries where this eclipse is. So as you set things into motion for the next big cycle, can you try to keep that in line with your Dharma? And if you need help sorting that out, I have a Dharma worksheet that can help you dive into your own chart, but that is like what I feel like readings, just get a birth chart reading. Like you will probably leave with so much clarity around that, around um, how you have been either aligning or missing the mark so far with your dharma and how you can align better because most people just by the sheer like you know power of the birth chart are to some degree already on the path of their dharma it's just we could like hone into that and maybe um enforce it some more right and that this eclipse is a great time and then communication mercury about to go retrograde here in aries 
with the sun. So the sun is exalted here in Aries. It's good. It's not as bad as it could be. Um, as if all the same stuff was happening, perhaps in a different sign, but with Mercury going retrograde and it'll be combust for a good meaning, it'll be kind of like, um, blotted out by the sun for lack of a better phrasing there. Um, for the next like three weeks or so after this eclipse, you know, until after our full moon lunar eclipse in two weeks, communication can be a little bit challenged. It might be tempting to pop off at the mouth or say some shit that you regret. Like just be careful, be careful with being a little fiery in your communication. Um, and same thing with the sun here with being visible. It might be tempting. It, it's good probably to put yourself out there and be visible during the time while sun is in Aries. Just that's why we do the Mercury retrograde meditation challenge. Now it's a tradition in the Yogi Scopes community. Um, you can sign up for just the challenge, get access to the practice library and the community and lots of other, you know, workbook and, and prompts for each day along the way. You can go to yogiscopes.com slash clarity to sign up for that or just do your own meditation. It's a little extra indicated. If you've struggled with meditation, the challenge could probably help with the accountability and support to get back on that habit or start that habit if it's new for you. Um, but so just with this idea of bringing new beginnings, perhaps being more visible that you might feel called to do while the sun is exalted in Aries, um, just be mindful during the days of the eclipse, try to be like lay a little bit low just during those few days and then you can go back to being visible, but be mindful of your communication during that time. Try not to be too fiery with your communication. So hopefully that all makes sense, leads us well into our yoga practices, which are Considering your Agni, right? Your digestion. What are you consuming? Are you assimilating that well? Um, can you watch out for burnout? You know, so sometimes burnout, which is um, on the surface might present as a person who's like tamasic in nature or, you know, according to the three gunas, there's sattvic, which is like that pure um, unwavering flame we've been talking about. There's um, rajasic, which would be like the wildfire, too much action, too much movement, um, and tamasic, which is like the flame that's been smothered out, and it's just barely, it's not even, you know, it's like smoldering, it's not really like doing anything. Um, burnout can present like a person that's tamasic, but it's really actually a side effect of too much movement, of being rajasic. So it, it's a something to explore within yourself, that Agni, that internal flame, that third chakra, are you moving, 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 going, going, going all the time? Could you stand to tone it down and integrate and digest? Or could you stand to kick up your flame a little bit and get things moving if you've been stagnant? So we'll explore that in the journal prompts. Just be mindful that Agni, digestion, all of that is you know, it'd be a good thing to theme a yoga practice around, right? Um, consider. So with that in mind, in an asana sense, core work, always good for Agni. Um, yeah, we could all use core work. In my opinion, um, most people could stand to develop their core some more. Um, and so that's third chakra, doing core work, doing that deep belly breathing, connecting with how the muscles of your 
abdomen move or should move with your breath, um, deep core breathing, belly breathing, that kind of stuff, um, doing core work. We'll explore some of that in our practice on Wednesday, which is included. You can come live or also get the recording because you get the practice library um, during the Mercury Retrograde Meditation Challenge. Um, and support your head. So this is another thing that we'll explore in our practice on Wednesday, and we did to some degree in our Moon Day practice today. Um, can you, in various different shapes, maybe support your head with your hand, like in side bending, right? Let your Just let the weight of your head kind of fall into your hand. Can you... There's a lot of ways to explore supporting your head in your practice. One fun one is in Downward Dog. Um, you can... Maybe I'll try to post a reel about that or something. I don't know. Instagram is not my strong suit. Can't make any promises, but... There's lots of ways you could explore supporting your head. You can join us for practice on Wednesday, either as drop-in or as a member or as part of the Mercury Retrograde Meditation Challenge. You can get the recording afterwards, any of those ways, if you don't, can't make it live. So explore that in your practice, core work, third chakra work, considering, you know, the esoteric theme of Agni. Um, and stay hydrated this week. Please just go get some water right now. Drink some water. Um, because all this fiery energy, eh, just stay hydrated. That's all I'm going to say about that. So a note about the yoga practices is that often we consider we want to, like, so Aries is a fire sign, so we might want to do a fiery heat building practice. That's fine. Um, but always with any of these things with yourself or your students or whatever, you have to consider to some degree, yes, it's good to embody the current energy so that you can flow with it, right? Like build that heat, go for it. But consider that relationship to burnout. Consider if there's too much heat. If you are feeling burnout, if you're feeling the symptoms of burnout, which are like, I did a podcast about that on Science of Light too. So maybe you can, yoga for stress and burnout. You can listen to that if you are unsure. I covered more of the symptoms and, and yoga practices to to deal with it, like how to recognize it and what to do. Um, just consider that. So we don't want to further our imbalances and left to our own devices. I've seen a lot of us will just choose things because they feel at home to us that further our imbalances. And that's where having a teacher to reflect back at you um, can be helpful, right? And so here are your journal prompts. Um, first of all, so just maybe you just might consider... Just the idea, where are sparks flying in your life? And that could be in a good way or a bad way. Do you feel like the sparks of newness coming or are there sparks of friction of something in your life that's not working that could be an indication of that, um, something that's just been dragging along behind you, right? And so it's like scraping on the road, sparks are flying, like it's time to let go of it and you just haven't right? That, that, it could be that kind of sparks, or it could be like fresh sparks of like newness. Can you sense that somewhere in your life, somewhere that sparks are flying, either because it's something you've been dragging along that you should let go of, or you're feeling that sparks of newness. Can you just consider that? Um, and so with that, with either where you're already noticing sparks flying or where you're hoping to create that spark, strike the flint, like make some new beginnings, for you, what is the fuel for your fire? So 
what feeds your fire in a positive way? Like what do you need more of to continue to pour so that your cup doesn't get empty, right? Um, and what needs to get burnt away by the fire? Like what do you need to let go of in your life? And what in your life will be warmed by the light? So this whole idea of like you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes, you should take care of your own physical health and your mental health. But in such a way that you become such a bright light that others are being warmed by that light around you, right? So I'll just repeat those two questions in a more succinct way. Where are sparks flying in your life? And what is the fuel of your fire? What needs to either get burnt away by your fire or what do you continue to need to do more of to continue fueling that fire, filling that cup? And what will then be warmed by the light of your fire by having done this this work. And then just another one for your further, um, because this is such a big, big deal. This eclipse is it's a little more journal prompts than usual. Another one, you could just stick with that, that fire analogy and work with that. But if you want more, what challenges have you overcome in the past? Just think back over your life, like challenging times, things you didn't think you'd make it through and really dive deep into that like how did you summon the inner strength to do so what can you think back and remember the moment like for me it was like giving birth like getting clean up for drugs like things that I was just like nope not gonna make it through this and I did right so you probably have something like that and you can think back and get really like visceral with what were you experiencing what did you do how did you like gather yourself and really show up in a new way like what was going on and how can you harness that now and then lastly um before our kind of just quick rapid fire like where do you fall on these spectrums questions uh can you take some time to be embodied and to connect with your physical body body sometime this week and reflect on how you're taking care of it and consider if there's any changes you need to make in terms of like improvement to your physical and mental health self-care routine, right? Or maybe you're doing fine. Maybe you're like, what I'm doing is working. That's good awareness, right? And then so, lastly, what are your tendencies? Are you, come back to those gunas, are you sattvic? Are you feeling good in your, um, I'm, I'm going to try and give you like the middle ground and the two extremes for each of these. Like the first one. For example, do you take deliberate action? Do you tend more towards haste and just doing stuff just to do it without thinking it all the way through or inaction, not doing anything? Or do you take deliberate action even if sometimes you feel scared? So deliberate action versus haste or inaction in relationship to opportunities. Are you taking opportunities on a basis when it makes sense or are you in a constant state of change, constant state of doing new things, always on to the next thing? Or are you stagnant, right? Do not take new opportunities because you're kind of happy where you are, right? Um, adventure or comfort zone? Are you? Do you have a healthy sense of adventure while staying grounded, or do you like? Do you have a comfort zone to come back to, right? When you go on adventures, or are you always in your comfort zone and never leaving it, right? What is your relationship there um, with boundaries? Do you tend towards assertiveness or aggressiveness? Do you, do you never set boundaries or are you a boundary bully as Brene Brown calls it, right? And then with um, community, are you hyper independent? Are you codependent? Can you like not make any decisions without somebody else 
approving it for you or are you interdependent going to others for advice and support when you feel like you need it and knowing that you don't have to do everything you're not an island you don't have you're not hyper independent right but can you stand on your own two feet and also exist within community so those are the questions where do you fall on those spectrums they will be in the member sign by sign which will actually be more specific to rahu i'll share it in the community to let y'all know um, when it's live so yeah i hope that you get those divine sparks flying in your life find that unwavering flame within you um maybe you need a while maybe a wildfire is what you need to burn away some old stuff right um, but then i hope that comes back down to this beautifully fueled unwavering flame within you and i hope you are able to manifest everything you're hoping to manifest at this eclipse please remember to keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars and stay in the light and join us for the mercury retrograde meditation challenge it starts on friday all right take care love y'all have a good one